So with Siyata Dishmaya, let's continue with our meetings. Baruch Hashem, a meeting with the King of Kings. You know how happy it makes Karosh Baruch Hu when he knows that his children want to have a connection and want to have a bond with him and want to meet with him? That's the best thing in the whole world because Hashem and Shemaim stops everything and calls all his angels to say, look, look at my child, how she wants her closeness, how she wants to be close to me. It's imaginable, unimaginable what's happening in Shemaim when we actually take time and we, we, we make it a priority in our lives and we show that we have a desire to be close to our God and to talk to him. So now let's continue with our lessons here and then we're going to go back to a saying and I'm sure you guys have heard it, have heard this, a Sadiq falls seven times and rises. I love it. And so we're going to talk about what will which is Ratzon, thought, and speech are, and we talked about it a little bit in the previous lesson, okay, that we explained before, that before we engage in the Avodah Tefillah, we have to work with our Ratzon, which is our underlying will, which itself is a significant Avodah. At first, you must consider the source of our Ratzon, to be close to Hashem. And once that becomes really clear, then you have to engage in the long process of strengthening that Ratzon. So the first stage <coughs> then is the will, the will to serve the Creator in general and with all the necessary details. So after that, then you'll advance to the various levels of thought. And this is the order. Chokmah, knowledge. Bina, understanding. And Da'as, which is connection. With Chokmah, you know information. And then you contemplate it with Bina. And then finally the idea is fixed deep inside you as Da'as. Do you understand that, that process? And so after this stage of thought, then you're going to advance to the level of speech. But first you have to speak to yourself and then to Hashem. And even when speaking to Hashem, even with that, there's two stages. There's speech and then prayer, which is tefillah. Which means that first you speak to Hashem and you say to him, I want such and such. I thought in such a way and I spoke to myself in such a way. And then you enter into conversation with Hashem and you tell him. You tell him about everything you're going through. You express your feelings. I'm having a hard time right now. I'm trying to keep my spirits up, but I keep falling. And after relating everything you 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 present, this all as Tefillah. So in other words, you have to involve Hashem in everything and all that's happened up until the point in, in that point into your life. So if you come before Hashem with with only your, your conclusions and present before Him without laying out all the prior doubts and difficulties, then where's the relationship? Where's the relationship? You want to talk to Hashem, like, you know, bringing him up to date because you haven't had that conversation. So you want to, even though he knows everything because Hashem knows everything, but you have to be the one to verbalize it and say, where have you been up until now? Yourself. So that's like following a scenario. A husband and a wife are trying to decide if they should buy a new cabinet or not. So two days later, let's say the husband tells the wife, I decided to buy a cabinet without telling her why. 
So it's difficult to live with someone who doesn't include you in his decisions, right? Very difficult. And the only way to truly include Hashem in your life is to share and discuss with him even the subtle feelings of your heart, the thoughts that never came to fruition, the failures and the tests. I tried this and that and I thought this and that and then it became clear to me that that was a mistake. Then I thought this and that and I found a support for it. These are the kind of things that you should say. Speech can and should include everything. So a sadiq falls seven times and rises. And this stumbling block is under your hands. Based on the deeper meaning of this pasuk, Hazal conclude one does not stand on truth of the Torah's word until he first stumbles in them. Do you understand that? The death of this comment is that obstacles and stumbling blocks are inseparable from our avodah. It says in this pasuk, a sadiq falls seven times and rises. So you have to know that not only may you fall in the realm of actions, but in ratzon, in will, thought, and speech as well. This seven falls exist in every realm. And knowing this, however, means that no matter how many times you fall, you have to get up and you have to try again. So after the stage of a sadiq falls seven times and rises, when you reach the eighth time, not necessarily in a literal sense, but on the eighth level, which transcends nature, listen, transcends nature, then all the merits of the many tests come together. Hazal said, where Balei Teshuvah stand, perfect Sadiqim cannot stand. So every person is essentially a penitent due to our former sins and when we rise we repent for the seven faults that came before and this repentance re then receives the light the light of the seven times of the seven faults you understand so if we've reached the stage of being a sadiq right but it does not include the earlier seven faults then we lose the high level of where ballet teshuva stand perfect sadikim cannot stand so the light that we receive from the test and the falls whether there be in our will thought speech or action is a great light and it's essential if we're going to acquire anything and this profound there's a profound story that relates to this it's known that the Vilna Gayon took upon himself a long period of self-imposed exile and, and sometime after he returned home to his family Rav Haim of Elogen visited him he wanted to know if he should accept exile upon himself as well it's known from the Sepharim Kedoshim that a Jew must endeavor to feel the pain of the Shekhinah. And this is based on the fact that as long as we don't have the Bektamidash, the Holy Shekhinah accompanies Israel and suffers with, with them in all their exiles. So hence, Rav Chaim Abelogen wanted to emulate his Rabbi and accept a period of exile as many Sadiqim did. All right, so the Vilna Gayon said to him, I did so, but I regret it. We'll never, we're not going to enter here into the reason for his regret, but certainly the exile itself was good. But there was another side, there were other side issues such as the disturbance of his learning. Rav Chaim Abelogen gave a very profound response. I too will do it and regret it. So if, if you hear this without pondering it, you're not going to understand. If the Vilna Gayon tried and saw that exile was not helpful, and even regretted it, why wouldn't his student learn from his Rebbe's error? But the truth of the matter is that Rav Haim's words contain a deep and important lesson. Certainly the Vilna Gayon regretted the fact, but, but from the very act and its regret, he attained something. 
Rav Haim wanted to go through that process of a Sadiq falls seven times in order to later reach the levels of and rises. And this attainment that you gain from an area in which you try and you don't succeed are impossible to gain in a straightforward manner. Here we have to add an important point. Many times a person falls spiritually. And not all times are identical. Sometimes a person's heart is open in prayer and he prays from the depths of his being. Pouring out his heart as water in the presence of Hashem. But then there are states of their heart is closed. The heart is sealed and the person feels tremendous difficulty in his avoda. Human nature causes us to feel that days of advancement, when we can pour out our heart to our creator as a child cries out to his father, are, are, are successful days, whereas difficult days seem dark and we wish that they would pass so that the light can shine again. So of course, it's good to hope that the light will shine. But while a person is in darkness, we should have the proper perspective. If you will recognize the great achievements that come from the difficult tests, and you recall all these tests are essential for those achievements, you're going to have a positive attitude about your current difficult state. So think about it deeply. Think about this very deeply. The comment, where Balik Teshuvah stand, perfect Sadikim cannot stand, applies to the small events in your life as well. Anytime you rise after a fall, you are a penitent in that regard. You are a balachuva. You have to realize that the difficult days allow tremendous attainments to sprout forth, which will become evident once you rise. So, however, while you're yet undergoing the process of a sadiq fall seven times, you can't see the light you're going to attain when it will be over. And so even after, when you rise after the first, second, or third fall, you can't see the light. Only after finishing the whole set of tests and then rising that last time do the powers earned become revealed. And there is then a double concealment. During the fall, you're certainly not going to see the light. And after picking yourself up, you will not initially see what you gained from the process. So if so, then the next time you fall, you won't know that when you picked yourself up from the previous fall, you actually gained something. You will only remember the difficult days and the suffering you experienced then and will naturally be very concerned about the fall. But when you have absolute faith in the words of Azal that where a ballet teshuvah stands, perfect sadikim cannot stand, then you're going to know that you have achieved more from those falls than from all the times when things went well. And you're going to be happy even in such times. So merely knowing and believing in this fact is going to grant you the ability to cope properly during those difficult times. So we have to include Hashem. You have to pour out your prayer to Hashem, both in times of smallness, which is katnus, and the times of greatness, which is gadlus. You can attain great things, both when you seem to be succeeding and when you seem to be failing. In prayer, you should discuss your successes and your failures without whether they relate to will, thought, speech, or action. If you haven't properly instilled emunah, and you're going to think that the tests that you did not pass were like worthless things that came by mistake and now have passed, that's a shame. It's a shame that they came at all. But when you live with Emunah and you know that Hashem prepared these tests for you with great precision and that they came to give you attainments that you could have not received any other way, you're going to understand that you must include Hashem even in your tests and failures through tefillah. 
And what this really means is that you have to live completely with Hashem. My beautiful students, Hashem is some, it's, it's, you, it's, it should be in your essence. We find difficult kinds of sacrifices in the Torah, the Ola, burnt offering, Hatas, sin offering, Shalamim, peace offering, and so on. There are sacrifices that Israel may eat. And some that we cannot eat because the Kohen eats part and the rest is for Hashem. The Ola, though, is totally for Hashem, only for Hashem. A Korban is so-called based on the word Kirva, Kirva, which is closeness. When you understand that there's no point of view that does not belong to Hashem and that the closeness must embrace all 248 limbs and 365 sinews, you become like an Ola. You become like an Ola to Hashem and you can totally cleave to Him. But if you include Hashem only in part of your affairs and exclude Him from another part, then you cannot have total closeness to Hashem. And some people stress that a korban requires teshuva. And that's true. But the question is, how does a person come to teshuva? If you are alone during your falls and you don't include the creator, you're never going to reach him. The Admor, Rabbi Moshe of Kubrin, would say, a person who has shalom has fallen by committing a real sin and cannot immediately go and speak to Hashem, has not entered the gateway of Hasidus. And this is a point in order for you to bring even to your negative component to Hashem. You must include Hashem in all your affairs without exception. For example, at times, heretical thoughts can enter your mind, and you can naturally reject them. And this certainly doesn't happen to every single person, and it's not necessarily frequent, even among those who do suffer from them. But the phenomenon does occur. So let's say that a person has a heretical thought, perhaps there's no creator, that he will immediately push it out of his mind. So what is the proper way to act in such a case? A person has to stand and speak to Hashem and tell him everything. Master of the world, I suddenly had a thought that you might not exist. But who sent me that thought? It was you who sent it. And why? Why, Hashem, did you send it to me? So obviously, not so that you would accept it, but so that you would reject it and stop thinking about it. But it's clear to me that you were the one who sent it to me, that heretical thought. And it's clear that it was your will that I would remove it from my mind. So in other words, not only a thought that represents a fall and one's avodah, but even what seems to be the worst possible thought, that there isn't even a creator of the Hasvesh alone, which is a thought not at all from the world of Kedusha, from, from, from the world of emptiness. And we have to be taken and you have to return it back to the creator. It's written, know today and bring it into your heart that Hashem is the supreme God in the heavens above and on the earth below. And on Bibado, there is no other. And Hazal explained what's the meaning of En Od, even in the empty space of creation. In our context, this means that you have to bring Hashem into every aspect of your life, my lovely students. There should not be an aspect of your life which you do not include Hashem. Successes, failures, times of happiness, and times of sadness. Hazal said, each day a heavenly voice goes forth and proclaims, return, wayward children. And what does that mean? That one, it means that one has to return and connect all of your powers back to the Creator. How, how is this done? How can a person return to Him 
something that is separate from him, Hasbe Shalom. And you can think of it in terms of transporting water from one place to another. You need a pipe. You need a pipe. The water is going to flow through a pipe to the desired location. In other words, you need a vessel to move the water and the vessel is the pipe. And return wayward children means that you must return and reconnect all your powers, your entire existence to the creator. And how do you do this? First of all, you need a vessel. So what's the vessel for doing this? It's the power of speech. If you don't speak to the creator and you wish to reconnect your thoughts or your desire to him, according to the Sephara Makedoshim, you are delusional. You are delusional. If you do not verbally reconnect every single detail of your life to the creator, you are lacking a proper vessel for transporting the water. And if you connect everything to the creator, every thought, desire, word, even a faint, deep-seated ratzon, and you say to him, you say, Master of the world, you sent this to me. Then there is a direct light and awareness that it came from Hashem. And there can be a corresponding reflected light for reconnecting everything to Hashem. If, however, you do not consider the source of the thought, you cannot reconnect it. So through speech, you form a vessel. You recognize that the light came from Hashem since he sent the thought or the ratzon. If the thoughts you received were proper, you should first embrace the thoughts and then reconnect them to Hashem. If there's an improper thought or desire, you have to stop yourself and say, Master of the world, you gave me this thought and you don't want me to use it. Please, then take it back. Hazal taught us that a person's ratzon or a person's yetzer, a yetzer not only renews, but intensifies its onslaught against us each and every day, even tries to kill us as the apostles attest. The rasha watches out for the sadiq and seeks to kill him. If the Holy One wouldn't come to his rescue, he wouldn't have a chance. As the continuation of the verse states, Hashem will not allow him to fall into his clutches. So how does Hashem come to a rescue? How? He takes the power of the yetzer out of back that he sent to the person and reconnects it to its root. So if Hashem truly would not do this, no man would ever be able to overcome his Yetzirah. Do we understand that? But the Pasuk says, you shall love Hashem with your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your resources. Ahava, love, has the numerical value of 13. The same as Ehad, one. A Jew must love Hashem with all his heart so that all his thoughts be one with Hashem. He must know, and he must know that Hashem sent each thought and that it's up to him to return it and reconnect it to its source. So with all your soul, is taught by Hazal, to me, even if he takes your life back to himself, the soul is naturally bound to the creator. We have to therefore be ready each day to consciously reconnect it in a state of unity with him. So with all your resources, it means that even the sparks of holiness that are hidden in your possession must be harnessed for love and unity with Hashem. If you do not restore and reconnect all the thoughts of your heart, your soul, and the parts of yourself that are most distant from Hashem, then you have not yet reached the state of love. Help and enable our prayers to be a true vessel for bonding all of our 248 limbs and 365 sinews 
to only him, to only Kadosh Baruch Hu, Rimono Olam, and may he allow us to be truly close and in the vacas to him. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve Amen.